I would like to ask you to turn with me to a book that we don't generally preach out of. It's the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Um, I've, I've got to let you know, the, um, the way you pronounce it is however you feel comfortable. If, if you want to have a real laugh, do yourself a favor, write it down on a piece of paper and either give it to your kids or go to a stranger and ask them, could you just pronounce this name? Man, this week I was, I was getting ready and I sat there and Judah was studying and I asked him, hey, dude, quickly, say this name. Oh my gosh, I think we, he, he stopped studying. I stopped prepping because we were just rolling on the floor. And it's words I don't think we can use in church. But it, it was hilarious. So we're in the book of Habakkuk today. And he is known as one of the 12 minor prophets. And when I say minor, it doesn't mean they were the beat prophets. It's just that the, the writings, their books are a whole lot shorter, but more focused. Where books like Daniel and Isaiah is, is, is way longer, and, and it covers a broader spectrum. Where these guys are like focused on one thing. And the thing that makes Habakkuk, so you see I'm swapping between the different names just so that you guys don't feel bad. Um, the, the difference between Habakkuk is the fact that he's not addressing Israel. As a prophet, this book isn't one where he gets a word from God, and he addresses the problem that they're facing. But this is more of him speaking to God and getting a word from God to what is happening. It's, it's, a, it's a lament, and he's going, Lord, there's so much chaos, so much um, unfairness, so much corruption, so much pain. When is it going to end and the whole book is about this prayer and this him asking God and God actually responding to him. And this is where I want to pick up in chapter 2 from verse 2. A lot of you guys know this passage, but this is what it says. And the Lord answered me, Habakkuk 2 verse 2, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still... The vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, how many of you guys are in a, my season seems a bit slow at this moment. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And so I just want to take a few minutes on this lovely Sunday in my house with no aircon, and I just want to share a, a, a short word that God has been laying on my heart from this title, and, and, it's, and it's a good one. Just wait for it. Wait for it. That's the title. The title is Wait For It. <laughs> That's the title, Wait For It. Can we pray? Um, Lord Jesus, in this moment, in this, in this time of our lives, we are asking and expecting you to do something great while we are alive. And as we open this book of Habakkuk and we see what he's chatting to us, Father, I pray, give us the resolve to wait. Grow us in this time. Use us in this time. Change us, we pray. 
Jesus' name, amen. All righty. I'm going to ask something quickly. Is there um, the remote? There we go. Yeah. Can see. Um, any movie lovers? What kind of movies do you like? Quickly, throw out. What kind of movies do you guys like? Any romance movies? Okay, we, we, it's Christmas time. Any Christmas movies? Okay, okay. Um, action movies? Wow, okay. Suspense? Drama? Horror? <laughs> Musicals? Okay, so um, I don't know. Uh, whatever you guys watch at home, quickly just put it in the chat. Let us know. we got people that are going to be commenting as well. Check what... Well, what, what kind of movies you guys love? But we love different movies. One of the, the, the greatest series movies that we've ever, um, that our family has ever grabbed heart of is Marvel movies. Here are, so so we, we, we love the movies for the action, the comedy, the, the storyline, my wife for the actors. Um, <laughs> She has to come home with me, so I still win. It's like, it's fine, it's fine. But one of the things we love most about the movies is the post-credit scenes. You know, Marvel, like, um, they, they made it a thing that at the end of the movie, what do you have to do? You have to wait for those end credits because everybody wants to know what is happening next. It's like, is there a new movie, a new character? Is there going to be, like, a new villain? What is happening? So you wait for it. Like, my kids... We, that family, would be the last in the cinema, and people would get up, and my kids don't have a, f a filter. And they would ask in full volume, what's wrong with them? Why don't they just wait? Do they not understand 14 movies into the franchise, and people still don't want to wait? So my kids are all about this thing of, when we watch a movie, we have to wait. And last week, we spoke about David. We looked at his life from being anointed king to becoming king, that there's this season that he had to go through where what was spoken over his life only came because he waited for it. And that is what I want us to have a look at today as we read and we unpack Habakkuk. He was asking God, hey, what is happening here is not cool. You are such a good God. Why is this happening? And then God responds to him. And, there's, um, and the way he responds is actually the rest of the, the, the book of Habakkuk. And this week, I have learned. How many of you guys know we all go through processes? No one likes the process? I've discovered how you spell that word process. It's spelled T-I-M-E. Because there's this time of waiting. A process takes time. And we're going to be talking about it later. But what I want to unpack the book of Habakkuk is, number one, we all need to get a vision. How many of you guys know vision is really something we all need? In life, vision is really important. It gives us direction. It helps us. Um, when you were a kid, uh, let me just see, where am I talking to? Everybody's of that age now. 
Um, Rudy's not here. <laughs> um, so um, a- as a kid, you always had a vision of what you were going to do when you finished school, what car you were going to drive, what home you were going to live in. As girls, I don't know about guys, who you were going to marry. I mean, there was, there was always this vision, and vision gave you direction for where you wanted to go. Because if you don't have vision, you don't move. Vision moves us. If we don't have vision, you will wake up and not do anything. How many of you guys love holidays? <laughs> um, like for us, I don't know about the other parents, uh, when, when kids aren't around, we don't plan stuff for the day, actually. We just wake up and what are we going to do today? I don't care. And we sleep most of it. And that's the thing. The longer the holiday, the more you got stuff planned. When you go somewhere, you're looking for places, things to do. And that's the same when it comes to any part of your life. You've got to have vision in order to move somewhere. The vision we read about in Habakkuk is just slightly different. God spoke to him through a vision. You see, he was asking God, where do I go? What do we do? How is these things going to change? And God says, write down this vision that I'm going to give you. We all need to have vision, but we all need to have a vision connected to God. Because we can all make plans, but we need something from God as well. Something really interesting is that if you go and read chapter 1 till chapter 2, verse 1, God doesn't respond to Habakkuk's prayer immediately. Because in verse 1, he says, listen, I will go wait on a tower like a watchman waiting for you to respond. How long are you willing to wait for God to give you a vision? Do you have a vision on your walk with Jesus? See, we have a vision for... um, for Prodeo. I was chatting um, to a pastor this week, and in the conversation, he goes, man, what's going on? Because whenever I see you guys, you guys are doing something different. You guys are at movies. You guys are at home. You guys are everywhere. It's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, we've got this vision for Prodeo to be something, and it's not limited to some thing doing something in us, upon it. So we will do whatever it takes to reach that vision. There is this waiting period. Guys, we are waiting for the day we do not have to pack out stuff. And everybody can just walk up and just say, we're ready for this. But up until then, we're going, there's still a vision. God has given it to us, and we're going to run with it. And we need the same thing in our life. Proverbs 29, 19 says this in the King James Version, where there is no vision, the people perish. That vision isn't vision just for earthly things. That is a vision connected with God. And where there is no vision connected with God, guys, if there's no vision in your relationship, it will die. I'm not saying it will die. Fall over is like, oh, look, my spouse. No. no. But if there's no vision, there is no hope. If there's no 
pursue, um, that we pursue as a family, there's no moving forward. 15 years of marriage. We celebrated that this week. And uh, man, to some people, it looks like, oh my gosh, that is so long. To others, they look back and it's like, oh, you're nearly there, man. Keep going. You got but it's perspective. But we have a vision that God is going to use us in our marriage to hopefully have young people come in and go, how? What is it? And we're going, God, I've got a vision for my family, and it's got God at the center of it. God is central in everything that we do. Another translation says of Proverbs 29, 19, it says the same thing. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. And what that actually means is when there's a vision from God, you know the direction and you know what path to stay on. And this is what happened when Moses went up on the mountain to go and hear from God. There was nothing keeping the people in place. So they were doing their own thing. So when we don't have a vision, a revelation, a dream from God, we do whatever we want. We go wherever we want to go. It becomes a, who cares? And we move off the path. Um, let me give you this example. My wife and I, we love driving. Sometimes she just gets these things, hey, let's, let's climb in our car, let's go to the beach. So what's the vision in my head? Beach. But then she'll see a market. And then she'll go, let's go to the market. And then what do we end up doing? We go to the market. And then we leave the market, and then we go, let's go to the beach. And we get to the beach, and then there's a mall. And then we go to the mall. And then it's like, oh, people are hungry. Let's go eat. I'm like, we've never been to the beach. But then there are days I'm going, we are going a little bit further. Climbing the car, this is where we need to be. We need to be here at this time for this purpose. And she has the vision. And even though she sees the market, she goes, one day we will come back and we will go to the market. Why? Because there's vision. And that is the same that it's in our lives. We need this vision from God to keep us going straight. You've got to get a vision for your life that is connected to God. Because if God isn't directing you, then every other person or every other person is going to tell you where to go. And how many of you know, not everybody that comes along your way is part of God's vision for your life. Alison was part of my vision for Bob. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> these, when, it comes to, when it comes to vision, there's a two-step program. How many of you guys like programs? It's hardcore. This is intense. And I don't know if any of you will be able to do it. But as a pastor, I've got to tell you this extremely long process. First step in getting a vision. Pray. Ask God for a vision. If you don't have one, ask him for one. Don't ask Susie down the road. I've got nothing. Susie's fine. Susie's a nice lady. But if you want to hear from God, ask God. Susie's very nice, guys. I don't know who Susie is. She lives down the road. You might have a Susie. 
<laughs> but don't get a vision from Susie. You pray. You connect with God. Listen, guys, we've got this God that says, hey, I want to be intimate with you. I want to have a personal relationship with you. Why do you need to always run to someone else? Come straight to me. Get a vision. We get a vision for the church. We go, God, what do you want in our lives? In this church, where do we go? We don't go, hey, what is, your, what is God telling you to do in your church? And we'll just copy and paste it here, but that's not going to work. So number one, you've got to pray. Number two, you've got to pursue. If you don't get it, do what Habakkuk did. I'm going to wait on this tower. I'm going to pursue you, God, until you tell me what the vision is. You've got to wait for it. So number one, get a vision. Number two, write it down. I, I've got this really bad habit of forgetting stuff, and it's not age. I am not 40 yet. It's just that my brain works different. I remember certain things. And then there's a whole lot of other things that I do not remember. <laughs> 40 is still far off, guys. It's so far. Uh, they're all laughing at me. I don't know why. I mean, like, I'm 39. <laughs> I have no idea what their problem is. Um, this is the thing. Don't just think about the vision God give, gave you. Don't just pray about the vision God gave you. Write it down so that when a different path comes your way, you can pull up the vision and go, this is not what is supposed to be in my path. It's keeping the vision in front of you. So like when you're working towards something and it just seems like the struggle is so hard, you look at it and you go, it's because this is what I'm working for. This is what God has told me to do. That seems good, but this is God. And I keep going. Like I said, Allison was part of my vision. When we first started meeting each other, I, when, before we met, uh, I looked at her and I wrote a name down everywhere. No, I didn't. That, that would be creepy, guys. Uh, can, can girls do that? Do you write other girls' names down? Oh, guys' names down. I was like, <laughs> but, but you see, Alison was part of the vision because God told me this, but who I had in my life wasn't matching up with what God had planned for me. And then in came Alison, blonde hair, jeans. Wow. And I just had to bring that vision up here again. Because when you don't have the vision in front of you, it's easy to go somewhere else. So you've got to write it down. So when it's tough, the way we endure is we keep the vision in front of us. Writing down means that something your God has given you has purpose. It has, there's, there's a faith connected to it. When you write it down, it means that this has to happen. I love the way, okay, did you see God said, write it down on a tablet? How many of you guys know when talking about the tablets that we use these days? They had to chisel it out on a tablet. Now, if you go and read Habakkuk 2 to 3, there was a lot of chiseling. That means it is going to be a vision that will outlive you. 
When you write down your vision, it's bigger than what you are right now. Does your vision extend beyond who you are at this moment? For most spouses, your vision is always greater than you and includes your wife. For most families, it's bigger than you and your spouse. It, it outgrows your kids. But then as they grow older, does it include grandkids? Your suburb? What vision does God have for you? Uh, so like I said, I, I forget stuff easily. So Ali's normally my scribe. See, um, when we're in the car, that is where I get most of my ideas. It's like when we're watching movies, when we're riding in a car, weirdest place, guys, is in the shower. <laughs> it's a good place because you're more relaxed. Now, don't picture it, but guys, a lot of the stuff I get in my sermon, I go, babes, you need to write this down. <laughs> TMI, guys, TMI, but... You've got to write it down because I know for a fact if I don't write it down, I am not going to remember it. A lot of you guys are sitting on ideas. You need to write it down. It might not be your vision, but it could be part of your vision. You need to get into the habit of writing it down. That's why when I say when you come to church, write it down. Stop thinking of Milo in the shower and write it down. Or if it's going to help you think of Milo, wow, let's move on. Oh. What God gives you is usually bigger than yourself. You see, Habakkuk went to God and he goes, you know what? God, you need to come through. And God goes, I'm going to give you a vision so big, it is actually going to affect people that you will never even meet. Because what God gave Habakkuk affects our life. Because the vision that he gave Habakkuk was Jesus coming. And we reap from that. And remember, I've got to encourage you, Ephesians 3.20. It was our scripture for this year. It's a, it's a scripture of more. God is going to give you more than you could ever ask. Immeasurably more. It's going to be bigger than you. So number one, get a vision. Number two, Write it down, and I want to close off with this last point. Number three, hang in there. Just hold on. Get a vision, write it down, hold on. Verse three of chapter two says this, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. Did you, did you see? He had to wait for a vision, but then God tells him, This vision that I'm giving you is not for tomorrow. It's for future, but it hastens to the end. It will not lie. What I tell you is going to come true. And then he goes this, if it seems slow, hold on, hold on, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay because I've got to encourage you with this. While you wait, God is working. And you can wait in two ways. You can wait passively and go, you know what? What is happening around me, it's okay. God's word is coming. I'm going to sit here until it arrives. Or we could wait expectantly. You know, 
wait, knowing that God is going to do something, he's going to use me. So in the time of waiting, I'm getting myself ready. I'm growing. I am, I'm seeking him. Can I say, I am praising him. Quickly, let's skip to chapter three. We don't have it on screen, but it says this in verse 17. Habakkuk, I know he saw the fulfillment of what God spoke to him. But this is what he writes in chapter 3, verse 17. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, when everything is gone, when it doesn't look like I had pictured, like I worked towards, like they told me, like they spoke over me. When all of that fails, in verse 18, he goes, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will be joyful in God, my Savior. When things don't work out, while we are still waiting, Praise Him. Hold on. Praise Him. When you go to gym, one day in gym, is it going to change a lifestyle, a lifestyle of not working out and eating bad? You have a vision that needs to look like. And so there's this, I've got to wait to see that body come into fruition. And guys, it's going to take long. It's going to take hard work. But if you wake up every morning and go, oh, I don't want to do this, you're not going to do it. Get up and you go, it's another day. I'm not in the mood, but I'm going to go. Eventually, you're going to see what you've been working for. It's the same with the vision God gives to us. When we don't see it, we go, yet I will praise God. Because in the yet I will, God goes, yes, I will. If it seems slow, don't get distracted. Wait for God. Get a vision. Write it down. Hold on. Let us pray.